If you're wondering if you can lower the impact of ADHD with nutrition, know that there's a lot you can do. Certain foods can literally set your symptoms on fire, while others will have the opposite effect. But where do you start? What should you be on the watch for? Why make changes to the way you eat a priority? Let's dive into one of my favorite topic and passion, ADHD and nutrition. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it, they're in my hands. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Phenomenally ADHD, a podcast where my creative ADHD brain and my journalist skills team up to bring you an imaginative and informative conversation about ADHD. Hope you are doing amazing. As always, it's a pleasure to connect with you. I'm your host, Zarina Boali, and my intention is always to explore ADHD in positive and uplifting ways, provide you with valuable information, tips, and how-tos that contribute to helping you better understand how your brain works so you can thrive with ADHD, not in spite of it. There is so much to know about food, nutrients, and how they impact our overall health that it can seem complicated and confusing to find trustworthy information and facts. Not to mention that there are challenges that come with eating and having ADHD, such as planning what you're going to eat, grocery shopping, and preparing meals. Overwhelm comes quickly when you are under the impression that you're facing a mountain and wonder how and if you can climb it. Rest assured, in order for you to not feel bombarded with too much information because that would be of no use to you, I've divided the topic in several little chunks so that you don't have too much to digest all at once. I'll share what's most important in what I've learned and experimented in the last decade or so and provide you with my best advice on what you can do, why, and how. I'll try to make it as simple and as manageable as possible so that you get excited, not discouraged. You'll have the basics on what you need to know in regards to how nutrition can help improve focus, concentration, and attention, lower hyperactivity, impulsivity, and emotional dysregulation. 
Just so you have a little background, I've been learning and training about nutrition for more than 15 years now, and this journey took a new direction when I found out I had ADHD about 10 years ago. I was 40. The passion was already there, and I, in, in the interest, of course, just kept on growing as I was discovering and learning about how what we eat can either increase or decrease certain ADHD symptoms. So if, like me, you believe that what you eat makes a difference, that you want to make better choices as to how you fuel your body and your brain, I have your back. I'll start with a broad view so you have a better understanding on how and why nutrition may be setting your symptoms on fire. Then I will narrow it down for you so that you can make all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and get answers to questions you might be asking yourself. Here are some of the reasons why food can be such a challenge for ADHDers. First, executive function, such as planning, organizing, activating, executing, and of course, eating requires a lot of steps that can be daunting for people with ADHD because of executive skills that have not been either developed or used that often. Deciding what to eat in advance is challenging and it's not an easy thing to do with ADHD because how can we know what we'll feel like eating in two or three days from now? That alone makes planning difficult and without a plan, going grocery shopping can become rather complicated and cause choice overwhelm. Then there's organization, a skill that is needed so that the food you bought doesn't go bad because you just forgot it was in the fridge. On top of that, you actually need to prepare the meals that require more planning and activating, which can be hard if you don't really enjoy cooking. You may struggle with executing the different steps that leads to a nutritious and delicious meal. Second thing that impacts ADHD and eating is being highly sensitive with smells. I mean, I, for the longest time, couldn't eat broccoli just because the smell of it cooking was just not really interesting to me. And then there's textures like legumes, like eating um, black beans would just basically roll in my mouth. And I really had to integrate it to other vegetables. So I would make salads with cranberries, broccoli, raw broccoli, um, green onions, and I would mix it and make it very colorful. And then the black beans just kind of went in and it was easier for me to get used to the taste, the smooshy taste that I didn't really like before. Then there's sensitivities to certain flavors, the way the food looks. And sensory sensitivities can also show up at the grocery store and lead to avoidance because there's, you know, too much to choose from and you get completely overwhelmed. Then the third thing are cravings. So sweets and a lot of refined sugar, processed foods like fried foods junk food. They provide empty calories. 
processed foods, for example, are high in simple carbohydrates, low in fiber and micronutrients. Like sweets, fried and junk food, they contain few if any nutrients. So the nutritional value is very low. And they're what we call high glycemic foods, which make your blood sugar levels spike rapidly and crash which creates a vicious cycle, leaving your brain wanting for more. What you may not know is that they're addictive, and the brain needs to be retrained in order to interrupt or break the cycle. So if you've tried to stop eating foods that contain a lot of refined sugar and simple carbs, chances are you didn't succeed, not because you lack willpower, but because your brain doesn't know that there are way better sources of energy for it to function at its best, as well as prevent the mid-afternoon crash. Because another important thing to know is that sweets, refined sugar, processed foods like fried foods take a toll on your digestive system. When your energy suddenly drops after a meal and you just feel like laying down for a nap, it's your liver working extremely hard it can also be your brain that needs to rest. Then there's cravings, and they're actually a sign of an imbalance in your blood sugar levels. Other indicators include fatigue, shaking, being excessively thirsty, and headaches. Then you have impulsive eating, and it's something that is also important to address with ADHD. People eat for different reasons. They have to and see it as an obligation more than pleasure. They find comfort in food and are food lovers. They see food as nourishment and are conscious eaters. They prefer quality, nutrient-rich foods. With lack of impulse control and response inhibition, this will also show up with food when you have ADHD. You may overeat to soothe yourself because of stress, boredom, or intense feelings. It can also be a reaction to the environment, which happens for a lot of us with ADHD. And you eat in response to that rather than responding to the feeling of hunger. Overeating can also occur because you forget to eat. Lack of interest is also something that can actually make eating well more difficult. Like I mentioned before, maybe you don't really like cooking. You don't enjoy it. So it's not like something that you would prioritize. And that can lead to maybe getting more food on the go. Or maybe you buy more prepared meals because of that. So there's a lot of factors, as you can see, that need to be taken into consideration. Now, how does food impact ADHD symptoms? Let's start with getting to know the brain better. It weighs about three pounds and about 60% of it is fat. Information travels fast around your brain. Although the speed varies, it's estimated that info can ping around the brain at about 250 miles per hour or 402 kilometers per hour. There are about 100 billion, that's a one, 
followed by 11 zeros of these nerve cells in your brain. The brain gets bored easily, and according to research, the average adult needs something that sparks them emotionally every 10 minutes to hit the reset button on their attention. And we know that with ADHD, the attention span is a lot shorter than 20 minutes. Your brain does a lot. It manages 98% of the body's functions, consumes about 20% of the energy, oxygen, and blood from thinking, making decisions, and processing, and it needs glucose to be able to do that. Your body must absorb and metabolize sugars before they make it to the brain. So it's actually best to focus on eating complex carbs. And that's the kind of conversation we can have in a discovery call that you can book by clicking the link in the show notes. In regards to sugar, here's something that might catch your attention. According to Alan Zemetsky, PET, Position Emission Tomography Study Scan, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, there were differences in glucose metabolism in the brains of adults who had ADHD compared to adults without the condition. As you can see, there's definitely a link between what you eat and ADHD symptoms. One of them is brain fog, feeling of mental confusion or lack of mental clarity that you may be experiencing more frequently than others, and that makes it more difficult to focus think clearly, and get things done. One of the things that create brain fog is diet. People with ADHD may be more sensitive to certain foods and additive, such as sugar or food dyes, which can cause brain fog. Gluten has an impact on your brain's fogginess. It also increases hyperactivity, and it is present in more products that you can imagine. And I'll be doing probably a full episode on that topic, so stay tuned. Eliminating gluten to see how your symptoms improve is one of my top recommendations. And cutting gluten out of my diet is one of the first thing that I did because I was actually um, reading about the elimination diet. Actually, I was reading on the impact of gluten on ADHD symptoms and one of the tips that was giving was the elimination diet. So I did that for a few weeks and what happened when I reintegrated gluten because I, I had no symptoms so my digestive tract was just going smooth and well. I had no constipation. I didn't have diarrhea or, any, or anything, which are some of the symptoms that you may have um, if there's something wrong in your digest, digestive tract. So basically what happened when I reintroduced gluten, I mean, everything blocked. So I would be like two, if not three days. And yeah, I know I'm getting personal, but I really want you to get the an idea, a clear idea of what it actually can do for you. So when I reintegrated gluten, what happened is that everything in my tummy just jammed and I would be like two or three days without you know, eliminating what I had eaten. And from that point on, I've never, ever, ever 
look back. And it's it, it had such an impact on hyperactivity, like physical hyperactivity. I didn't have to go to the gym and run like a crazy woman on the treadmill for 45 minutes. And that to me was, you know, all I needed to know and experiment to never go back. So if you want to try it, I'd suggest that you really find someone that can guide you through the process. Um, yes, you can probably do it on your own, but I mean, if I had to do it again, I would probably get, you know, someone to help me in the process. But it's actually something to really look into. And the thing is, there's so many things to know about nutrition and how it can improve ADHD symptoms. The last thing I want is to bombard you with too much information, like I mentioned at the beginning, information that will leave you completely overwhelmed or worse, totally lost. That is not my intention. Quite the contrary. I really hope that what I've shared so far makes sense, is useful, and that it gives you clarity on why making changes to the way you eat should be a priority. And I understand that it might be a lot to wrap your head around, but know that if you take away one thing that resonates with you, work on that to make it better and get the support you need, you're moving forward and that's what matters. I will provide you with a few tips to get you started, but before that, let's look at why making nutrition a priority is important. Poor nutritional diet end up creating nutrient deficiencies, and people with ADHD tend to be deficient in vitamin D, which impact emotions, attention, focus, and behavior. Zinc, that affect hyperactivity, impulsivity, attention, and agitation. Foods that are rich in zinc include pumpkin seeds, oysters, and chicken. People with ADHD also tend to be deficient in magnesium, and that has an impact on sleep, attention, focus, and hyperactivity. Almonds, black beans, and spinach are rich in magnesium. And then there's iron deficiency that increases in attention as well as irritability and difficulty with memory. Because there is a shortage of dopamine in the ADHD brain, vitamin C is a good way to boost dopamine. Adding more protein to every meal will help increase focus. There are a lot of reasons to give more attention to what you eat. If you eat whole nutritious foods already, that's awesome. But if you're realizing that your eating habits can be improved, it's important that you do your homework. And for better results, you might want to consider working with someone that is knowledgeable about nutrition and ADHD. And I cannot stress that point enough because there's a lot of factors to be taken into consideration, like I mentioned before. The gut-brain axis is one of them, as well as a leaky gut, food sensitivities and intolerances, and the such, that are often an issue in children and adults with ADHD. There's also the fact that as an ADHDer, you might not be asking for help very often and prefer doing things on your own as opposed to teaming up with someone that will make sure you're accountable consistent, 
help you manage the more challenging part and ensure that you succeed. So you may be asking yourself, okay, but what's the first step? Where do I start? As mentioned before, cutting gluten from your diet is a good way to start and it was my first action step in improving what I eat. I was curious to see what difference it would make, how I would feel overall, and I ended up having more energy, my sleep also improved, and over time, I don't even miss gluten at all because there are a lot of yummy alternatives and good quality gluten-free products, especially if you or your child is hyperactive, I would really put that on the top of my list. Next, and it might be of no big surprise to you, but nonetheless, it's important to drink lots of water as your brain is made of 75% of it and it needs it because it plays a big role in brain health and computing power. What should you be on the watch for? One, Pay attention to how you feel after you eat. That can include your energy, fatigue, and mood. Two, make a list of the foods you really love to eat without judging yourself if it's not that great. Three, because we tend to forget things, we often don't remember what we ate two days ago. So keeping a journal of what you eat for a few weeks can be very useful. Be aware that any change requires time and that it is a process. As Desmond Tutu once said, there is only one way to eat an elephant, a bite at a time. Meaning that everything in life that appears daunting, overwhelming, and even impossible can be accomplished by taking on just a little at a time. So what will you try this week? Is it to drink more water, cut down on sodas or sugary drinks, keep a journal of what you eat, observe how you feel after you eat? Whatever you choose to experiment or change, make sure it sparks your interest, is fun, and gets you excited. Should you have any questions or want to know more on how I can help, don't hesitate to send me an email or book a discovery call with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Until we connect again, I'm sending lots of love your way. Have a spectacular week. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.